0: Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is Lucky Number Episode 413. Uh, Just because it
1: has 13 in it?
0: Well, because 4 in like China is unlucky and 13 in America is unlucky, so you put them both together, it's the unluckiest number globally.
1: And it has the loneliest
0: number, too that you it ever saw does the loneliest the number one
1: <laughs> anyway what's going on how you doing uh not too bad it's a nice gray storm day out here <laughs> yeah it's really dark outside so yes if it, it, well it's
0: not it's it's just gray where i am like just a yeah, little more to you I, but yeah
1: Oh, it, it's, it's so, raining out here. I uh, didn't realize that. Yes. Yeah.
0: But uh, I do got to say, happy birthday. Uh, Thank you.
1: Happy birthday to you, gentlemen. Well, You're well, a gentleman
0: and a scholar. Welcome to 46. Um, I know it took you a couple days longer to get there than me, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> <sighs> Closer to 50 than we are to 40. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, that's fine. Right? That's right, right, right. fine. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have I already set my appointment uh, for a few years to get my you know bionic replacement, so I'm more like cyberpunk. Anyway, get my mods and chrome. You're gonna, you're gonna be
0: like uh like Furiosa with the with the arm. So that'd be cool. You can be like Rick from um, in the Invincible comic. You know, after they put him back together.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so,
0: or uh, what was the um the other guy? Uh, who worked for Cecil? I can't remember his name now. Anyway, who was like the weapon? Oh, the, the Donald. Or Donald. Something? Yeah, and his head flew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. I was just gonna say
1: that's I, I want to be like tech jacket.
0: Yeah, tech jacket would be not bad. I mean, but that's like just a vest that he wears. I mean, he's not yeah. like mechanical or anything. Anyway, we're nerding out hardcore. So, are yeah. you? I gotta ask, are you okay today? Like, are you are you are you good? There's there's no Michigan football for another couple weeks.
1: Oh, I'm fine. Yes,
0: I mean I know you've been spoiled greatly by you know the unprecedented Winning. run they went on, but
1: yeah, it's well college football in general is it's kind of a sad day. It's the I think the bowl games start next Saturday, maybe, but yeah. you know those are going to be like sprinkled in, so it's it's not as if I'm going to be able to sit down on a Saturday. Although next Saturday. NFL starts on Saturday uh, starts oh, playing games. There you go. There Bengals you go. play next Saturday, so and the following Saturday as well, which I did not realize. Yeah. But. Well, to be fair though, you have the uh the
0: West Point Black Knights versus the whatever Naval Academy is, midshipman, you know. Today. Oh yeah, Is that today? Yeah, the Army I think that- The traditional Army Navy game at Gillette Stadium, so um, That'll be fun. They were at yeah, they're they're outside of Gillette, and they're like the midshipmen were over here, and the the Black Knight fans were over here, and uh, like the Navy guys, they all look real smart, and they're they're you know dress uniforms, and the Army guys, they just look like savages, like they're supposed to. <laughs> and the one guy had a sign. He says, "If if we lose, join the Navy." <laughs> <laughs> so. But you know, I mean, not to bash on the Navy too much, but I mean, they are really the Army's like transportation, like they're the Army's Uber, right? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, um, yeah. So this week we are uh, we're just reviewing a couple movies, and uh, the next three episodes we got caught up. We're caught up on Monarch, so next week we'll just do one episode, but we're gonna do three today. Um, But we're talking about the Daily Wire comedy. Um, I kind of went up on the end there on purpose, purpose, but we're talking about Lady Ballers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about the new one from Angel Studios, The Shift, which is a really interesting retelling of the Book of Job. And we'll get more into that later. And then we're doing episodes three, four, and five of uh, the Apple TV original series Monarch. Monarch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) so let's uh let's just go ahead and 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 dive right in we're gonna get the most offensive part of the show out first (laughs) because i feel like if we put this last we would just get super ornery and then you know yeah um we gotta keep it tight we would probably get canceled so (laughs) anyway all right so Lady Ballers, uh, written and directed by Jeremy Boring. It was also written by a guy named Brian A. Hoffman and Nick Sheehan, uh, starring uh, Jeremy Boring, Daniel Constein, Tyler Fisher, who's an amazingly funny stand-up comedian, Jake Crane, Brian Crane, Billy Ray Brandt, and
1: David Cohn.
0: And David Cohn's a former
1: Michigan guy, right? Yeah, he played quarterback. He was backup quarterback for several, like back in the early 20, like 2009 to 2010. Was to that 12, the 13, Chad like
0: Henny era? Who was his? Brother?
1: No, it was after Henny. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was, he started in the Rich Rod and then bled into the Hoke era. Okay. Okay. Cool. Which is forgettable, <laughs> except for denard Robinson. Yeah fair enough fair enough um so
0: yeah i am gonna say let's just do this first out of ten what is a woman's <laughs> what what do you what do you give this Five and and a half five and out a half of 10. okay uh i actually concurred with you on that with the five and a half out of ten um So the summary of this movie is that down on his luck, former high school basketball coach will do anything to win, which in this case means leading his team of men to don wigs and brutally dominate in multiple women's sports. I mean, that's that's like just half the movie. Um, Here's the thing. I thought the commentary on the media for this with uh, Billy Ray Brant's Glenn Wild, um, and then Michael Knowles and Brett Cooper's uh, Drake Diamond and Stacy Santiago O'Brien to be one of the funnier commentaries in the movie, outside of the whole "What is a woman" thing.
1: Yeah, I that was, I did not. I thought it was going to focus more on the transgender and sports mm-hmm. debate and. The media again. We we always talk about the media, and they are complicit in so much stuff. And the way they go about it is freaking hilarious.
0: So at the beginning of the movie, when um, Alex um, or Alexa (laughs) becomes uh, (laughs) like gets (coughs) is found to be you know uh, working at a I guess a drag restaurant. and Coach Rod is like, oh, well, why don't you just – why don't we just dominate all these sports? And then the, the reporters are, or the, the anchors with Michael Knowles and Brett Cooper are like, well, he – and then, like, the screen goes black and it comes back to an empty set because they got canceled immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. But then I thought Gwen was a great villain. Because uh, she was the villain of the of the movie, a hundred percent. Like she was abusing Coach Rob um, at the in the in the final act. Like during that game, she had a sniper rifle up in the rafters and she tried to kill him. Uh, it was just it was just really 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 funny um, that part. And then um, Stacy and Drake's competing, you know, cultural appropriations. <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. word, um, I thought were pretty funny. And it was really funny, especially with everything going on with the the little kid in Kansas City that Deadspin tried to uh, slander um, Michael Knowles with the headdress on.
1: Yeah. I, I And I'll tell you, I, at first, I thought this was going to be a tough slog to get through. Mm. It starts because slow. It starts, it real starts slow. really slow. And I'm just thinking, oh, man, this is so bad. This is going to be so bad and so i stopped and then i came back because i was doing other stuff and and i actually started watching i actually just finished it today because i had to stop again but but like that after you got past the 15 or 20 minute mark i actually started laughing out loud at stuff which i didn't i thought it was going to be so on the nose it was it wasn't going to have the kind of south park is like on the nose with stuff but south park is freaking hilarious and i didn't think it was going to have that type of skill in the you know in just the writing and some of the the one-liners and it actually did and again it's it's overly ridiculous but it's talking about a subject that's overly ridiculous that anyone with common sense would say this doesn't make any sense right and that's what this does a good job yeah people can say it's over the top well you know what they're, what they're talking about is absolutely over the top. It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. So I was afraid it was going to be super like anti-woke preachy, you know? Um, and I I felt like, cause like the little girl is like in school and she's like, you know, Danielle has a penis (laughs) and he's like, what? No, he, and she's like, dad, no. And like, it was just kind of funny. And, uh, Rosie, uh, seraphine harper as winnie gibson was hilarious um but you know it's uh it was like i thought it was i thought they were gonna go like kind of like super like conservative leaning like you know because it's what the daily wire is um Mm -hmm. just like no preach 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 and like when alex runs that first race and and the girls are like like just staring daggers in him and he has this just smile on his face because like he's like, Oh my god, I'm competing again. Um, it was just funny. And then the way they just kind of went about recruiting the team. Um, David Cohen's character was great. He played uh David slash Davita. And you know, they were you know, he was just living out in the uh in the woods and <laughs> It was I don't know I, them. I I thought the twins were a little obnoxious.
1: Uh, I mean they are. In yeah, real life and oh, are, are they? I don't know who they are. They're 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 the Crane and Co. They 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 and David Cohn actually do a sports podcast for the Daily Wire, which I yeah. did not realize until two weeks ago. Which I mean, they actually, from what I've seen, I've only watched a couple. It's pretty good, but I could absolutely see how they're annoying. They can be annoying, those two, the, yeah. the brothers. Yeah. Um.
0: Um, but yeah, it, it's you know I don't know. I, I thought it was funny, and then um, Tyler Fisher as David as uh, Felix, and then eventually Shelix. um. That was a great little like twist there because he was the towel boy and he was always picked on. He wasn't part of the team, Mm -hmm. but then he's super wealthy, (laughs)
1: right? Yeah,
0: (laughs) I thought that was a good twist.
1: Yeah, and again, if you look at comedies in general, like throughout the decades, comedies do have. For me, at least, comedies tend to go a step or two too far in the sense of joke joke wise and where it's like you know how when someone continues to be harp on the same joke and it's like okay it was funny and so funny funny enough this has a similar issue with some of the jokes that they go they go through so in that regard it's very similar to a lot of comedies and i i thought just like you did i thought it was going to be you know overly hammering the point mm-hmm. and you know with the conservative values but the, the the take and how ridiculous they made it it makes their point even better because
0: right, right. well and like at the, the end right with uh with the the little girls and everything and playing like where he was like you know he's like men you know this isn't our spot this isn't our time and you know that whole thing, and then he brought out the the lady ballers, the little girls. I thought I thought it was just a really fun moment, and you know, yeah. But they still got destroyed. That's the best part. Four
1: hundred eighteen to six. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty
0: funny, and uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but we got to talk about um, Darby. So who was Coach Rob's ex wife, and her boyfriend Chris. Um, who's played by Matt Walsh, Chris was my favorite character in the whole movie. Yeah. (laughs) He just wanted to hug everyone, which was hilarious. And then the whole, like, how he would, like, circle his arms and bring him into, like, a prayer and then, like, push it out like Daniel's son when he was uh, trying to chop the ice blocks. Like, I don't know why, but I just laughed every time he did that.
1: I did and, and I told you this before, I didn't realize that was actually yeah, I, Matt same Walsh thing. until he said something. And it's like, wait a minute, is that Matt Walsh? Well,
0: even then I was like, who is that? Because he's wearing this wig and it's just like he's got the long hair and he's dressed like a hippie. Anyway, uh I thought it was I thought it was really funny and a good use of him. Um lots of like kind of like conservative alt media. Um Cameos, you had Andrew Claven show up, his son Spencer Claven, Ben Shapiro, uh, Clay Travis Clay from yeah. um, Outkick, Al- uh, Seth Dillon. I think he's a comedian, right? Uh, sure. Um, Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, Ted Cruz, Riley Gaines, um, Chandler Juliet from the Babylon Bee. She did those, um, those videos I sent you about like California's moving to Texas. Okay. So she was the girl in that. Um, yeah, you know, it was the girl in the black eye moving from California to Texas, and they think everything's going to be racist and awful. And it's like, no, we, we have barbecue and cowboy hats and guns, and it's fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, And then uh, Riley Gaines, obviously, was, was in there. but uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I mean, obviously, none of these people are ever going to get jobs in, like, regular Hollywood movies ever again now.
1: <laughs> well, I mean – they they're, the way the daily wire is starting to put together their entertainment wing which i mean we've seen, we've reviewed a couple of movies yeah. shut out shut ins Hyperion's, run hide fight which yeah. i still i still love run hide fight I, shut in is my favorite thing they've done so far so i uh, the way they are and, the, and yeah. what they have coming up and yeah it's they they were serious when they said a few years ago they mm-hmm. they actually wanted to go counterculture. culture and when you look at what they're doing you look at what something like with eric july with ripper Ripperverse comics what mm-hmm. he's doing that the perfect example of like hey if you don't like what you're given do something yourself right and you know it, it's 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 not as easy obviously and cut and dry as that, but however, it's, it's really great to see this. And like I said, I I enjoyed this movie for this kind of, like I said, like I went, went with South park, how South park or family guy tends to point out the ridiculous of certain situations. doesn't matter what the situation is or who the person or what the person is, but they'll point it out. And it's, and you're you're laughing at it and then you just after you stop laughing you think this is kind of ridiculous and i mean we've we've known this the whole time uh, yeah this so we're not we're, again i'm just talking about in general so i thought they did a, a very good job of having some a lot of comedy in there making it purposefully ridiculous to hammer home the point of this whole situation in in this country and in this mm-hmm. world about this particular subject is Holy ridiculous right right yeah so
0: i don't know i mean it's funny you should if you like if you like those like kind of older like comedies it's that raunchy comedy it's funny it's you know it's irreverent it's it's a good time it was a fun watch um you know i uh i went back and watched the second half again just to like kind of brush up the other day um and and yeah i mean it's uh it, it it's fun to have like this different kind of stuff out there i guess is yes. what i'm saying cool it is all right you ready to move on yeah speaking of different stuff the shift from angel studios um, so this one, Kevin Gardner encounters a mysterious man known as the Benefactor. When Kevin refuses the man's enticing offer of wealth and power, he is shifted into an alternate totalitarian reality, encountering infinite worlds and impossible choices as he attempts to return to the woman he loves. <laughs>
1: uh, we could have gone without
0: that, but okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can go, you know... <laughs> You you know what Elon told Bob Auger? That's what you can do to yourself. G F Y. G F Y. <laughs> Jeez. G F Y. Anyway. Uh so like I said, this movie is a retelling of um the book of Job. Um and they're Not very upfront job. about that job. Job Bluth. Um <laughs> No, I mean they're they're very they're very upfront about this. Um Right, yeah. This is the same studio that did Sound of Freedom. Um, I will say this one definitely like leans more into like the religious overtones um you know that that follow um Angel Studios, you know. Um but you know, I mean, that's, that's to be, uh, expected. Right. Um, and I, I don't know. Uh, I liked this movie a lot. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really different. Um, you know, at at the end of the day, is this movie for everyone? I don't know. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was, it was pretty good. Um, do I think people should go see it? Yes, absolutely.
1: What did you think? I really enjoyed it. And it was funny because I told, first of all, the first five minutes is the way that it's textbook in how you create a scene to really get, get in touch and to really like two characters. Mm-hmm. The scene between you know, when the you know, the main character, when he, he meets his wife-to-be, at the bar. I thought that was such a well done and well acted scene. Right. I immediately and, and and this doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Sometimes you never connect with the characters because it's just as whether it's their chemistry of the actors, yeah. the writing's not good enough, the direction, but this the writing, the acting and the direction, it's just a, you know, 5 minute scene or whatever, but it makes it really helped me connect with the characters and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And and while it is it it absolutely is uh a and and they're not shy about hiding the you know the religious aspects of it there are a lot of things in this that you don't have to be religious to enjoy you don't again because one of the one of my favorite lines is when kevin tells the benefactor i'm not what he he says you know or I don't know if he tells it or not, but the, the line is, you're not, basically you're not your worst mistakes right? or your worst mistakes. Don't define, don't necessarily define something along those lines. And that in and of itself is a powerful message for people because as there are a lot of people out there that have, that has, whether they've done something wrong or they failed and I, and I I'll lean toward more towards the failure And they let that define themselves themselves and i i really like that message in here because you 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 can keep going it's sometimes it's no matter there are times where you want to give up right there are times where you think you're a failure that you know the negative self-talk the always putting yourself down that's why one of the things i don't do and but i've seen people do that it's like no don't do that right Right. Like, yeah, they talk about self-deprecation and being humble. Being humble isn't putting yourself down. Right. You know, being humble is being grateful for what you have and understanding your role in, you know, how you can help others while also being the best person you can possibly be. And I think that in, in and of itself, that's kind of the message of the movie. And. It's, it, it takes its... And, and, and I do like the idea of, you know, having these different multiverses. We we always talk about the multiverse right. in relation to the comic books, but you know, the multiverse has been around, or the idea of that has been around way before comics. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the way that this movie kind of went through, you know, the trials of Job and how, even when he wants to give up, something happens where he could keep pushes for whether he meets a family and that he can help or something along those lines. And I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's not nearly as heavy as sound of freedom, you know, based on the subject matter, but it's still something that is, you know, it's, it's mature, but at the same time, it has a message that everyone can look at and say, Hey, you know what? I'm not I, I, I'm not defined i'm I'm not gonna let myself be defined by my worst mistakes or my biggest failures right right
0: yeah um, I, I think the other great thing too is like all of the ac- all of your um, actions have consequences in this movie yes like every decision yeah. that you make is you know potentially going to change yours or someone else's life um, right and i think um kevin what uh, was the kevin who what, what did they call him the kevin who refused the kevin who refused yeah so he refused the benefactor's offer and he's the only one who's ever done it cuz like he likes to choose the kevins i think the, the that was really cool i also think the fun part is this is like the people who are his shifters or i forget what he called them there too um like we're led to believe they're all kevin mm mm-hmm. Kevin is like throughout the rest of the multiverse is kind of like, like okay, so I'm going like so we look at Invincible, right? Like when extra Levy is looking at Invincible throughout the rest of the multiverse, yeah. Invincible is a bad guy. That's Kevin. Yeah, that Kevin is, is the bad absolutely, guy.
1: Absolutely,
0: yes, and it absolutely is the great. The great little twist is he's got this friend played by Sean Austin, who's great in the role, by the way. Um, who is you know helping him out. To um, you know, because he stood up to the benefactor, also played by the great Neil McDonough, um, but Gabriel Sean Astin's character is helping him out and like taking the the scripture that he's writing and stuff, um, and it turns out that like Gabriel, which it was kind, it's kind of projected like it telegraphed, yeah. but Gabriel is the one with the with the shifter doodad, mm-hmm. um. Yeah. So I, I I thought that was really cool with with that, um, you know, in the in this reality where the Kevin who resisted was the benefactor, he stands up to the benefactor and prays in front of him, and then the benefactor leaves um, mm-hmm. and doesn't come back for years, which I thought was was a really like just kind of cool move, because um, it turns out the benefactor has been messing with these Kevins throughout the multiverse, switching out their mollies, putting them in a different world where they don't even notice and. You know, it's kind of like, um, the other, so this movie is like a kind of like a bunch of different things. Like, um, one of the movies that like really kind of was like sitting in the back of my head the whole time I was watching this was dark city with the aliens who tuned the world and changed everybody's stories. And you didn't remember a thing. And Rufus Stilwell's character woke up in the middle of one of the tunings and was able to keep his memories and was trying Mm -hmm. to get back to his wife played by the lovely Jennifer Connelly. Um, and ended up working with a you know a scientist who could kind of help him in Kiefer Sutherland, so it was it's a very like you know tale as old as time, if you will. But I, I thought like just kind of the the flop on this, um, was was really really nice. And then the other thing I really liked was uh, Peter Billingsley showed up in this. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Peter, John Billingsley as Russo. Um, you might remember him as Neelix from, or not Neelix, as Doctor Flops yeah. um, Yes, from yes. No, he was Neelix. No, he's Neelix. He was Neelix. Yeah, yeah.
1: so because it took me a minute to, and I kept thinking, who is he? And then I, out of it was that's Neelix. No, he was that's not he Neelix.
0: Was. No, 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 no. He was Doctor Flox in 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 Enterprise. So, yeah, no, Neelix was someone else. No, he was Doctor Flox. But he's been in a ton of stuff. Like uh, he was in True Blood for um, a bunch of episodes. Uh, he he's yeah he was on the Orville. Um, which is kind of funny, um, (laughs) that he was in Star Trek and Orville, but you know, um, his character was great because he ran this thing where you could look in and watch the other multiverse versions of yourself. Um, but this time when Kevin did it, he saw Molly from another world and then he kept coming back and he was able to find his Molly. Which then sets up like the climax, and I don't want to ruin the end of the movie. Um, so I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go that far, but um, I will say the guy that plays Kevin is um, his name is Christopher Paloja, who I guess he's on a lot of the Hallmark Channel movies. Yes, he
1: he absolutely is.
0: But he also has a very notable role that we were talking about, like just kind of in, in comic book movie history. Um, as the, uh, what did they call him? The handsome man. Yeah. Handsome. And he is the man that Diana wonder woman rapes repeatedly without his consent or knowledge in wonder woman, 1984. Yes. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Like, um, he had his body hijacked. So I guess like, uh, Trevor, uh, raped him too. stealing his body patty jenkins is fucked up yeah like to think that that's okay and i'm surprised like i mean we i know we talked about it but like i'm surprised more. i'm surprised there wasn't an
1: outcry in this because i I tell you what
0: if it was a woman character that definitely would have
1: been absolutely yeah i think uh film threat talked about and somebody else but i I saw more than um but you know overall i really enjoyed this movie yes And, uh, I, I just, I, the thing you added, where you said all actions have consequences, Mm -hmm. that's another great point, whether it's, you know, whether you're doing, doing something positive or negative or doing something neutral, because again, if you do nothing, that's a consequence, there are consequences for doing nothing as well. Right. And again, I, I really enjoy the movie as a whole, the journey that Kevin goes through Uh, I think a lot of people can relate Mm -hmm. in the sense of, you know, become getting down on, getting down on your luck, whether it be financially, whether it be someone in, you know, someone important Mm -hmm. to you, to important to you leaves or dies or there, all of this stuff happens. And it's just how, if you can keep the faith and, you know, again, that's, that's easily Looked at as religious, but not necessarily religious. When you say "keep the faith," is if can you go on, and how do you combat those, you know, the uh, the things, the conflicts in your life where, yeah, you know, just where it looks like life is just kind of beating you down, and how do you keep going forward without giving up? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um,
0: yeah. So the critical response from the critics. Uh, is pretty mixed. It's like it's only got twenty five reviews, um, but it's giving it a forty percent, so like a little over five out of ten. Um, but like Cinema Score, the average is like a B plus, um, which is actually pretty good. Uh, it's not like the best score, but like you know, it's like a solid eighty five percent on there. Um, but like some of these guys, like the one guy is like. Uh, the shift is remarkably incoherent, Farago, of sci-fi tropes and Christian proselytizing. And it's like that, no, like I do not I like as someone like, you know, you and I are very different on this um, when mm-hmm. it comes to, to that kind of stuff. Like I did not feel like it was overly proselytized at all. I felt like it, it did a really good job balancing like that message of the book of Job and like, you know, being a very interesting, like, like movie. Like it was, it was just like, it was really well. I felt like it was really re- well written. I feel like it was re- really well acted. Um, and this other guy from uh, the Hollywood reporter is saying, uh, as the storyline endlessly confusing shifts from one reality to another, it's all too easy to tune out until we encounter one. That's interesting. He starts in one reality. He spends the majority of the movie in the hellscape reality. And then he finds his, his, molly and he spends about i don't know a couple minutes trying to find her and he finally gets to her and then you know it turns out that like this isn't right and he you know he steps away from that and he prays and he gets what he's asking for in what maybe the third or fourth multiverse that we see um but none of them are you know
1: with so, with you ex- yeah. talking about that, it reminded me of a little bit where you're talking about how little things can change and mm-hmm. is sliders right when oh, you know again one of the things you know Jerry, what was I don't remember his name in Jerry, Jerry O'Connell. O'Connell well his character's name oh Quinn Quinn Well, no no was Quinn, sh- Quinn was the girl yeah uh, uh, Jerry O'Connell's main it was the main character the first several seasons of Sliders. And he kept trying to get find his way back home. And one there's one time he gets to the house mm-hmm. and he opens the door and the the gate and the gate would always. Oh no! Squeak. Yeah,
0: he was Quinn Quinn Mallory, and then yeah. Sabrina Lloyd was Wade Wells.
1: Sorry. Wait, wait, okay. And the gate squeaked, and yeah. so he was like, "We're not here." No,
0: no, it didn't squeak. The it was it, the, didn't it was the That's gate. I mean. It always yeah. squeaked.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it always squeaked, and it didn't squeak. Yeah. And he leaves, and you realize that, I think it was his mom, mm-hmm. she had somebody fix the gate. Yeah. And he, had, all along, he had gotten back to where he wanted to go and yeah. didn't. It kind of yeah. sucked. That was that was one of those words, like, oh, man. Well, and it, cause it,
0: it was great, because it was the end of the second season. Yeah.
1: So, and it was like,
0: oh, really? I will say, uh, Rembrandt, the Crying Man Brown, was a great character. Was a great character. <laughs> the Crying I, man. I, yeah. I loved Revy. Um, but, yeah. I, I so, really like that show. Yeah, I did, too. It, it's well worth watching. It's well worth watching. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, I think, you know, there's, there's, there are people who are going to complain about everything, right? And I think anything that's got like that, like, just like we were talking about with The Daily Wire, anything with that conservative mm-hmm. overtone on it, anything with that Christian overtone, there is a certain part of, like, Hollywood, like... You know, who are probably on the Epstein list that are gonna be like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no.
1: Um, and this is the and you. I, was just I mean, say the oh, other. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, and that uh, I. Uh, and again, how how often do we have to go through and watch, and and we're expected to. And when I say we, I mean people that have a different viewpoint are expected to like and praise stuff. That goes counter to everything we mm-hmm. believe in, and yet you can't give a and, and you, you you when it, when it happens on the other other foot, it's it's right wing and evan- evangel- evangelicals, uh, it's mm-hmm. proselytizing, it's all of this stuff. That, to be honest, the majority—if you look at it—the majority of this country believes in some sort of you know deity. But if you're in Hollywood, though, you're going to criticize it and you know call them evangelicals or you know right wing nut jobs or whatever the case may be. It's always like that. And it, again, going back to what we were talking about with lady ballers, mm-hmm. the same is very similar thing where Hollywood expects you to champion. Their ideologies, despite, again, going back to Epstein Island, a lot of these people being just absolutely low-life degenerates because that's what they are. Not everybody in Hollywood, obviously. Right. But, and I think this, like, stories like this where there is a positive message uh, about... Even the smallest things you could you do can positively affect someone else. Right, you have consequences. You're not the sum total of your worst mistakes. Right. W- where's the problem with that?
0: You know, these are these are these are people who, you know, are, are not necessarily good or, or no, they're know, not. They're yeah. they're you know, I don't want to necessarily like do the Tim Pool thing. where, like they're evil. They're the banality of evil, but. You know, at, at the same time, like, like you but, know, well, they're they're disingenuous people. They are they are people who mm-hmm. will lie. They are people who will cheat, and they were people who were steal. You know, mm-hmm. so and not in the Eddie Guerrero way. No, not in the Viva La Raza way. Anyway, all right, you ready for Monarch? Yes. All right, let's do this. Um, so Monarch episodes. Three, four, and five. Um, respectively titled Secrets and Lies, Parallels and Interiors, and The Way Out. Um, let's say out of 10, because we're just going to just do a blanket for all three. Out of 10, the one character that's ready for all this isn't. What do you give this? <laughs> Six and a half. All right. I went with a seven. Um, I, I'm pretty bullish on this show. I, I kind of dig it. So, episode three takes place obviously in the present, twenty fifteen, but then its past is nineteen fifty four, and uh, yeah. Shaw has recently joined Monarch in the uh, as a com- as like the it's his first command, um, where he and Bill and uh, Kiko uh, present a cast of Godzilla's footprint from Indonesia to Jennifer Puckett. Or sorry, Jennifer General Puckett to uh, secure enough uranium to lure Godzilla out of hiding, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, in Bikini Atoll, they are uh, horrified to discover that the uh, the uranium was delivered in the form of an atomic bomb intended to kill Godzilla um, as part of the Castle Bravo test. And is that is that like like a real thing that happened with Bikini Atoll?
1: Like, I've heard that they name do a, before. Like, been, yeah, so yeah, I think uh, there was a nuclear test there. Yeah, um, and so
0: Godzilla shows up. Uh, Kiko attempts to halt the detonation. Um, Shaw restrains her, and then in the aftermath, like they are given whatever they want to research the monsters, and we're left to conjecture: Did Godzilla die? Spoiler alert! Spoilers. He. Didn't. he is alive and well. Um, But I like, so I, I'm purposely talking about the past first because like I thought the past in this episode was the coolest part. And it's yes. like, like I'm kind, I'm glad that they're jumping back and forth. I really am. Cause I do like the way they're doing it. Um, But, but I, uh I don't know. I, 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 I love seeing Godzilla. I thought he looked really great. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, so back in the present, they are trying to escape Japan. They're on a ferry bound for Korea. Um, and they are like when they get there, the border guards are like, hey, what's happening here? And then one of Shah's buddies gets them out of trouble. Um, they get on a plane and they are off to Alaska <laughs> from, from Korea in a, a two-engine prop plane. Yeah, You know, we saw a a 10-story monster, and the thing that I cannot suspend my disbelief on is the fact that they're flying a twin engine promptly to
1: to Alaska from Korea. And uh, that was my biggest issue. The entire Alaska journey for me. Yeah. Was the issue in, in episode four. That's what I, that was so yeah. far, episode four. Well, we're in episode three right now, though. Yeah. So, but yeah, but, I mean, we, that, that, we'll that's, get there. Uh, it, yeah. But to go back to the Bikini, uh, uh, atoll, yeah, it did consist, the nuclear testing between 1946 and 58 consisted of the detonation of 24 nuclear weapons oh, by there the There we go. States. It's right in the middle of that. So perfect.
0: Um, yeah. so yeah, so they fly there, um, they like i i so i did like him landing the plane after like the everything in the plane kind of shut down um and using the water bottle as his horizon i thought was a really smart mm-hmm. thing to do it's like oh oh yeah that would work um i like it when he handed it to her though and he's like here drink a lot of this and i was like is he giving her whiskey what's her uh not whiskey vodka what's going on here um But he lands the plane, and then they find uh, the wreckage of uh, Hero's plane. And then they are attacked.
1: And the episode ends. Yes. And I must say that the, I think, what is it called? A frost vark? Is that what they were going that, with? The yeah, name? they called it the Frost Vark. So which that was a very, very cool creature design. And as we were talking, like we were talking on the phone, when I say creature, design, I don't mean just the physical aspect, but the power aspect of it as well. Yeah. I thought everything they did with that particular monster was very well done.
0: Yeah. It looked awesome. Its powers were cool. It ate fire.
1: Yeah. That like was its heat, meal. It's like, it ate heat. Yeah. And
0: then it could pull the heat out of things, so it was kind of like um, not Liu Kang, Chang um, Sung. Bag. Yeah, he just he'd look at you and be like, "Your soul is mine." Yeah, um, and it was a really cool effect the way they did that too. Unfortunately, we lost uh, Shaw's buddy um, in the in the process, uh, Duho. Uh, <laughs> and uh he uh he did not did not survive that um but as so in the present as our heroes are escaping um they split up um may steps in a pool of water and gets hypothermia um you know here's this character so may may is the character who is is the the reason for for the title of the the out of 10 for this week. She's the character that they've set up as kind of a badass and then has done nothing but like mess up or like complain and bitch the entire time. Um, And when we get to episode five, she does something else too that just seems completely out of character from the person we met.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of question well not even kind of you question the the thought process behind uh, a character's arc with the writers and it 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 comes across as multiple a couple different writers didn't get together and they have their own plans and Mm -hmm. each whoever writes the episode gets to put their plan for a specific and again this is not just this show but you've we've seen it in other shows where it's like okay this character did this this and this this doesn't make sense for them to based on their history and based on what we've gotten. And I agree with the, she's my least favorite character. And I think it's more so because of what you're talking about with mm-hmm. the, just the back and forth. And it's kind of, it's messy. I I guess you would say in the way that she's being written. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like you said, she's really uneven, um I, I think the other thing too though is the the episodes are are being directed in pairs. So like Mac Shapman did the Mac Matt Shackman did the first two, Julian Holmes did the second two, and now um Z. Almas is doing five and I'm assuming six, um, because it still says TBD. Uh, but the writers have been all different for every episode. Uh, oh, I guess that's not true. Mm-hmm. Chris Black wrote the first two. Um, but I, I don't, I don't put that as like different writers not being in touch. I think it's just they don't know what to do with May because she's got this massive backstory that we don't know about. And instead of yeah. just keeping her, you know, um, I guess what's the word I'm looking for as a secret they're They're trying to like slow roll something out about her. Whereas it would be better if it's just like to say nothing.
1: Yeah. And one, one of the things I, uh, I do applaud them for when you're talking about characters and this, this comes into episode five. In the sense of talking about Lee Shaw as, yeah. you know, Kurt Russell's Lee Shaw in the present mm-hmm. because Kurt Russell based on the time frame of everything. And and it was mentioned by one of the kids. Yeah. Wouldn't you be 90 years old? Yeah. And it's mentioned again in a later episode. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a hint of rumors of something happened in a specific mission. Yeah. And that's all we get. And I really like that because a lot of times shows, I get on shows when one or two lines could absolutely change a perspective on something like they could have easily gone the route of what some shows do and just like knocked off his look to as he said good genetics right and that's it yeah even if it wouldn't make sense right but this show is hinting kind of like when they're talking about may's character in the background but it's actually i think they're working what they're working with lee Shaw is going to be more germane to what we're seeing from the past, the present and, you know, whatever the future we're going to have on right. this show. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they, what comes about as far as why he looks like Kurt Russell and not a 90 year old Kurt Russell. Right, right, right. So, um,
0: yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, the second half of this one is in 2014, just like the next episode for episode five. And, uh, it's Kentaro's backstory and how he meets may and you know, mm-hmm. he's an artist and he really doesn't believe in himself, but um, he wants to make uh hero proud and you know um, that the last night of, or the night of his gallery showing was the last time he sees his dad before his disappearance. Um, but I really liked Uh, Kentaro's like insecurity about it how he's like oh I don't want to go like it's not it doesn't Mm -hmm. like it doesn't mean anything like you know um, and like his art was really cool because it was about like like the picture underneath the picture which was great for the next episode Um, but it was really really cool and um, you know like kind of seeing him and May like having whatever it was before like you know because they've been in a relationship for a little while um, but it, it was I don't know I just like I just really I really enjoyed the past again with this one, but I I did like so I I liked this episode more than you did, um, but I liked when they split up, but I wish they would have split up in pairs, right, and not mm-hmm. just Kentaro going off on his own and finding the uh the Monarch Station and and you know getting help, but it was uh. It was still like, like normally I'd be like, oh my God, these people are all just drowsed, drowsed in plot armor. But I don't think they are because like, yeah, they had a Titan that they were, they were avoiding, but it was a very specific kind of thing that that Titan looked for. And, you know, they had the available tools based on like the Monarch stuff and what Hiroshi was doing to, uh, to kind of like keep themselves at arm's length from it.
1: Yeah, it's it's still a lot of plot armor oh, about yeah, uh, maybe uh, people with prop planes going to well, there. Well, that is just that's to just Alaska. Like, yeah, yes. and maybe they and stopped.
0: Again, Do we don't know that they didn't stop to refuel, but like you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. So episode five, the way. Out. Oh, that was by the way called Parallels and Interiors. Um, episode five, the way out. Uh, again. 2015 present day and then 2014 um which it starts two days before g-day <laughs> g-day <laughs> g-day sunday 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 godzilla or gojira um so we learned that kate is in a relationship with a fellow teacher named danny with an i um <laughs> and uh on G day is feeling guilty over having cheated on Danny, who has just asked her to move in. Um, during the evacuation, Kate choose is given the option to stay behind with Danny or take a bus of the kids to get across the golden great bridge. So we know what happens there. Uh, what we didn't know is that Danny stayed behind and died. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of these kids were killed uh, when Godzilla crashed through the bridge when he was fighting um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and the military. Let them fight. <laughs> um, so that that was the back. Um, you had a you know you had some thoughts on, on on the past for this, and you know it was kind of like okay, like I guess this has to be in everything now. Um, if you get out yeah. of drift. Um, <laughs> I'm winking at my microphone When I make that sound
1: <laughs> Yeah and again I I look At stuff like this and, and again Not necessarily the fact that she's with Danny But I, I like certain decisions that Are made with characters And I would ask this Is it really germane to the Plot and what I mean by that we get, when we first see Kate in the back uh, the flashback, we see her lose her school, like all but three school bus, right. three children or four children, however many. To me, regardless of romantic liaison or not, that would have been enough to scar anyone who has any amount of heart to watch their children their classroom fall and die in front of them and they can't do anything. That so it's less about the what we get all the time versus do you really need to go this route with her because she's already dealing with losing the children, she's already dealing with thinking her father's dead and then finding out her father had a whole another family. Now we add this on top of that, it's like it's overkill, unnecessary overkill to me and it just doesn't bring anything fresh to her to kate's story so even with that i did like what we see with kate with her mom and there is a lot of anger there mm-hmm. but we do suit pseudo- and any and it's one of those things where one, I I understand where Kate's coming from, but I also was of the point of quit being a whiny brat because that's what she's been a lot in this in this series. Yeah, but uh, at the same, she's kind of an asshole. Let's let's be yes. honest about it. But I do I do like what we see at the end of the episode where it looks like finally, her and her mom are kind of working mm-hmm. their way through through that because. Again, there are people that are assholes. I mean, I know people that are assholes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because a character's poorly written. Right. It's 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 a purpose behind it. Right. I think. And from what when looking at this episode 5, they I think episode 5, despite the whole flashback that I think is unnecessary with her, you know, romantic partner dying, it's more I was more it, I was more invested in how, you know, how she was going to be with her mom and that tension that she has with her mother. And again, like I said, I understand it. So, and her reactions to certain things. So I did like that part and how they seem to have kind of gotten over the hump maybe, or started that process of healing and meeting in the middle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I thought I thought it was really cool. Um or good to to see that. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Um I I think the like one of the interesting things was that you had you had this thing with Kate. You you have this thing with her mom and and, and all of that. And like she's just being kind of rude to everyone. Like, and then mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when she's having her PTSD moments and things like that, and she's like, she's just keeping everything in when everyone is in like peril in this episode because they're trying to like, so her mom and James, um, her, her, her buddy who wants to be more, um, they are essentially scrappers, you know, they go in and they find the things from loved ones in the city and they bring them back and sell them. Or maybe return them. I don't know. I wasn't really super clear. Um, but you know, it, it's like she gets her in and she's like, you need to be back here by by eight eight o'clock, because they closed the gate at 8 15. And she's like, oh, I know, mom. And it's like, you're not, she's not a teenager, you know. Um, yeah. but then as we go through the episode and we learn more about her in the past, and that she's a cheat, and you know, um, and and you know, Danny obviously knew. Because, you know, the the way that their their interaction and, and when she left her. And it's kind of like I think the things it showed the thing it showed us most is that what what does Kate do when things go rough or or when things get too serious? She leaves. Yeah. So right. um, and then the thing I liked most about this episode is the way it tied into episode four with Kentaro's art and using I- this map yeah. that has started out as like a simple sine wave in episode one in 1952 or 1959, um, 1959, to now it's like the whole migration pattern of Titans and predicting where they're gonna surface next, um, and how Kentaro y- is using the things from both of his kids to you know further his research.
1: Yeah, I really liked how Kintaro, like using Kintaro's art, mm-hmm. how he was able to figure out, you know, the puzzle of the map. I, I, I thought that was really good writing and really good use of, I, I guess you could call it foreshadowing in the sense of when we when we went back to 2014 and his art exhibit and what that and how that because. I like when shows do that, where mm-hmm. where someone they show someone with a skill, and then that actually pays off in the end. So, uh, all too often it gets flubbed, or it feels like it's forced, but this one made a lot of sense, especially because of the specificity of his initial artwork. I, I really like that part, and how it tied in to what we saw with him in episode four. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was kinda cool. I like when they do those little throwbacks
1: and, and, and things like that. So
0: you know, it is uh it is what it is. Uh instead
1: of having somebody solve something out of the blue and it's like you had this skill set. Right, right. Really? Right. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah, it was yeah, it was just kinda like, Okay, cool, 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 I guess, cool.
1: <laughs> um
0: <laughs> but yeah, like like I said, it was um it was cool. I, I liked I liked episode five a lot, actually. Um, I did too, yeah. Especially with May uh calling um I was about to say Sanchez, um, just as a joke <laughs> from Blue Beetle. Um but mm-hmm. the female agent Duvall back. Duvall um, and yeah. like being like, Okay, what do you need from me? So Yes. But um yeah, I think at uh at the at the end of the day it's uh one of those things that we, we're only halfway through this. We've got five more episodes to go, and I'm super excited.
1: Yeah, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with this show thus far. Mm-hmm. Although it, it tends to be that Apple shows tend to be pretty good, I will say. Or they, they, with some exceptions, uh, there's exceptions everywhere. But the care and uh, and look, going back to the Frost not not just the visuals, because Everything, every time we've seen one of the Titans on screen, it looks like a movie, right? It's so well done in that regard, but from a quality standpoint, again, thus far, halfway through this show, we are a lot of, sometimes when you get something like this, uh, I guess an addendum or a kind of like a, you, you, from a movie or a show, whether yeah, you know, something that's an ancillary to the story that we've already gotten. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's for it's almost right. oh, it, you're doing this for the money aspect, not for the storytelling aspect. This it comes across as doing it for the storytelling. It's not just to, you know, make a buck off of the Godzilla characters, but the story has been written in a way where it it it, it it's written with care. And so so far, what we've seen, and with a plan in mind, yes, that's 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 a big thing I'll say. With a plan in mind, and halfway through, I'm really, I am definitely excited to see what they have for these last five episodes, right? Because so far, I've been very, you know, pleasantly surprised at what we've gotten.
0: Yeah, and it also kind of makes me want to go see, you know, Godzilla X, um, Kong.
1: In, uh, With the next the year. one that comes out next year. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, right. But oh, the, oh, I'm absolutely going to see that. So,
0: I mean, even though Godzilla versus Kong was
1: kind of stupid, um, but I I I loved everything about Godzilla versus Kong when it was the monsters fighting. Yeah, I'll just oh, yes, when
0: way. the monsters were fighting, <laughs> except for when they were fighting at sea, because that made zero sense. Because Godzilla uh, that should that just pulled him under the water, and yeah
1: you know that was that would have been that was the the, that was the weakest link as far as the action sequences or fight scenes go yeah i agree anyway um but yeah cool all right
0: well on that note do you have anything else you want to add uh no i do not well thank you all for listening we appreciate you we love you um go uh go watch the shift it was uh it's really really good um i i i enjoyed it a lot and i um i think that that you will too pretty simple Yep. all right well we will talk to you all later have a great one and we'll be back next week bye
1: all right see you
0: the fs podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, ohio just north of cincinnati you can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show, to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.